Thanksgiving, everybody. That's right. Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is football. Welcome to the All City All NFL podcast. That man is the great Baldy Brian Baldinger. I'm Cuz Anthony Gargano. We're your host. As you know, every day there's a new show. Uh, we love the sport. We know you do. So this is our time just to geek out. And there's no better time, Baldy, than no. Thanksgiving. Oh, it's the greatest holiday ever invented. The greatest holiday. It's food, family, and football, um, basically in that order. And so uh, there's nothing better than um, a three-game slate of games. Uh, obviously, there's always a game in Detroit. There's always a game in Dallas. And um, for our feast, our Thanksgiving feast, uh, we go to Seattle or San Francisco in a key NFC West tilt uh, takes place. So it's a, it's a full day. It's a full day. If that wasn't enough, we get a Black Friday game at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon at MetLife Stadium in New York. It, it's the greatest. It really is. Now, you, I, I want people to know this programming note, Baldy's going to be very busy on Thanksgiving. What do you got cooking? Because I know you'll be all over the NFL network. Yeah, well, you know, we, we're – I'm coming in and doing the post-game analysis on these games. So, you know, the first game, uh, Detroit and Green Bay, uh, probably going to finish around like 3.30. So I'm on from 3.30 to 4.30. The second game, Dallas-Washington starts at 4.30. So I'm doing the analysis for that after that, sometime, I don't know, 7.30, whatever that is. And then um, the late game. So literally from noon till midnight, I'll eat, and then we'll be talking and texting and discussing, you know, what we want to talk about for the hour after each game. So it, it's going to be like a 12-hour marathon of NFL football. Where are you going to be at? You'll be at the NFL Film Studio? No, I'm going to, I'm going to be at my uh, compound here in Florida. Oh, that's right. You're in Florida. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got it all wired up, all set up for it. I love it. It's all set up. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the ocean right now. Like, I'm all set up right now. I'm, I'm, in, good, I'm in a good place. Oh, that's fabulous. Now, you used to go over your family you'd be in long island right you'd be in new york for thanksgiving i remember you. I, I, in fact my uh my sister who lives out east she invited me up for thanksgiving this year because usually i'd go to my brother's house or my sister's house or whatever and i told her i got you know i mean i i could still die i could have probably still done it at her house but it's just it just it's italian family there's just gonna be 60 people in the house like that's gonna be hard to concentrate you know so i told her I'll, you know i'll make up for the christmas or something but you know yeah no like I got, I got my buddies down here right now and so um we'll have something we'll have a small thing here but we'll probably blow it out on friday so uh that's kind of what i'm looking at doing. what's your what's your favorite like what's your of all the thanksgiving food what's well, your go-to like i look look i i love turkey i love turkey dressing gravy mashed potatoes, uh, cranberries. I like the whole thing. You know, like every single pie, pecan pie, pumpkin pie, blueberry pie, like I'm into every one of them. Like I, if I could have a, a penny scale, like if I could have a scale, you drop a penny and it weighs you before it starts and then after it start, finishes, like I'd like to put on eight pounds. I'd like to gain eight. Just, you know, that, that seems like that would be a good amount, you know, on a, on a day like that. I love it. That's fabulous, man. What type yeah. of cut? Are you a uh, 
a drumstick guy or do you like the uh, the breast meat? I like the dark meat. Yeah, I like the dark meat. Yeah. Give me all the dark meat. But, but I don't. But like, if they, you know, somebody else takes all of it and there's just white meat left, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Like I don't eat a lot of turkey during the year. You know, it's not my. But on Thanksgiving, it just my mother always made an unbelievable turkey. We always had a big celebration growing up. There was always a high school football game or there was something going on, you know, in the house with one of my brothers or myself, whatever. So, like, it was just brings back great memories. Yeah, that's fabulous. It is. It's and I played for the Cowboys cause for six years. So, we always played on Thanksgiving, always played home on Thanksgiving. So, I loved it because it was like a mini buy. I always had friends over at the house. There was always – you'd finish the game, you'd come back to the house – there was always a group, big group of people there. Like, we had our meal after the game. We had Friday off. Like, it was just a good, you know, it was just, it, it just brought back good, you know, back then, like, you know, in the early 80s, mid 80s, you know, there was only a couple games on TV that you could watch. So, I always got seen and watched on Thanksgiving by all my friends and family. And, you know, and a couple of them I started. Like, I remember we played the Patriots one year and um, I was going up against Leonard Sims, who was the number one pick in the draft by the Patriots my rookie year. And I was like, all right, me against uh, the, and I was playing right tackle and I had a good game and we won the game. And like that was like, that felt like the adrenaline just kicked in for the whole weekend. That was fun. Oh my God. You like, like you having a big day on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, that's outrageous. The whole free world. Well, not just that, not just that. Cause, but honestly, like there's, there's Madden and some are all doing a game. Yeah. You know, on Thanksgiving, you know, they always did it for Fox on our C or back then it was CBS. So um, I did that. And then one year I was working the NFL network and I was doing a, uh, a cowboy uh, Tampa Bay game. I'll never forget this. So I'm the sideline reporter for the NFL network. And I had a game, a, a game for Fox to do uh, on that Sunday in Nashville. So I was going to go Dallas, do the game in Dallas, go to my buddy's house in Austin, spend Thanksgiving night in Austin, and then fly to Nashville the next day, get ready for the game. So it's a big football weekend. So Tony Romo was just beginning his starting career in Dallas, and Parcells was the head coach. I'll never forget this. So Romo throws five touchdown passes. He's the star of the game. And I'm in my ear, they're like, you got to get Romo. You got to get Romo. Like, we want Romo. So, you know, NFL Network, they want Romo. Okay. So, you know, I go to the PR guy. Like, we get Tony and la, la, la. <laughs> so, I got Romo. I'm like, look, Tony, this is going to take long, man. We're just going to talk about the day, what you saw. We're just going to celebrate, right? So, I'm teeing him up, and I'm just letting him know. Like, we're coming out of commercial. We're coming right to you. And Parcells walks by. So Romo has just begun his career, and he, 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 and he, and I know Bill pretty good. He's like, "Don't blow him up, Baldy. Don't blow smoke up his ass. Like it's one game, all right?" <laughs> he wanted to pull him right into the locker room like that. Like, don't blow smoke up his ass. <laughs> That's uh, fabulous. I can, yeah. I can hear Parcells. It's got a. Oh yeah, I can hear it. Oh, yeah. Baldy. I know. He it's one, it's Baldy. one game, Baldy. It's yeah. one game. Like, don't put him in the Hall of Fame on me yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think Thanksgiving and uh, I think I close my eyes. And for us, growing up in Philadelphia, 
it was always root against the Cowboys. Yeah. And I'll never forget a game. I mean, I was a little boy, and it's kind of when I really fell in love, and you know, I just I couldn't get enough of it. Clint Longley had like a day. Oh yeah, you remember that? Oh day? yeah, oh yeah, the 1974. I remember the year. It was 74, and he's in there, um, you know, as the backup, and he leads the Cowboys. I think it was against Washington. I, I believe it was against Washington. But yeah, that was his one game career. You know, like that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I you never forget these moments of you know Thanksgiving. Barry Sanders running wild on Thanksgiving. I like you think about Thanksgiving to this day, Baldy. My circle of friends that I grew up with, we st- we've done a turkey bowl for I mean sure. over a decade. We go to Marconi Plaza on Thirteenth and Oregon in South Philly, and yeah. uh, we have all the kids and we play a turkey bowl. This is the first year it will be kids against the old guys, right? We're all okay. going to be playing. Yeah, of course, my two play football. And then right. we all go to a – there's a bar, like a corner bar, and we go there. The kids get McDonald's. We bring it to the bar. And yeah. they have the Coke, Coca-Colas, and we have the, uh, the couple beers. And yeah. it's Thanksgiving cheer before we disperse and go to our homes. Well, my brother – who played seven years in the NFL. He lives on Long Island. They have a turkey bowl. He's still actually pretty good athlete, like even at his, you know, like late 50s, whatever he is. Like he still can move pretty good. But those guys have been playing that turkey bowl back in massive people on Long Island, like for probably the last 25 years. I mean, there's always, we always take a picture. Like I've, I've been up there a couple of times for, I stopped playing years ago, but like, you know, we'll sit around, take some pictures. We do the same thing. Like before we ever get back to the house, like we're in the back of Massapequa high school playing this game. So we've been playing that thing for over 30 years. I know that it's the best. It, it really is. There's nothing like this ball and this holiday together. So let's get started kind of analyzing the, uh, the next couple days of football. Let's start in Detroit. Great. Uh, NFC North battle. I, I'm really interested in this because the Packers look better. You saw Jordan Love look better. Now up against the Lions. And the Lions, man, you know, listen, they're they're alive for that number one overall seed. Their schedule really works out for them. Of course, the Eagles just don't don't lose, which is pretty amazing. Uh Lions and Packers, what are you looking for matchup wise here? Well, I mean, the Lions had to come back from being down 12 last week to Chicago. And they put two drives together to go win it. Uh, Chicago, like Justin Fields played awesome. And they went up and down, you know, they, and they torched Detroit really good. But they, you know, Goff and Dave Montgomery, they put together a, a game-winning drive to win a game. Um, I think, you know, Green Bay is the youngest roster in the NFL. And last week, Jaden Reed, the rookie, he scored. And Dontavian Wicks, a rookie wide receiver, he had a big day. And Luke Musgrave and Tyler Kraft. And not to mention Christian Watson from a year ago, Romeo Dobbs. They all had big days, and Jordan Love played great. It's the best game I've seen him play. Now, it was against the Chargers, who are a mess. But it's the best game I've seen Jordan Love play in a month. And you go, maybe he can be the answer in Green Bay. Like, their young talent is pretty good. Yeah. Like, they have a chance. 
And defensively, they're playing a lot better over the last month. I think this could be a very good game. Uh, Detroit, like they're young, they're young talent, you know, whether it's uh, Brian Branch or Aiden Hutchinson or, you know, Cam, Jack Campbell. Like they got a lot of young talent, especially on defense. Um, they, they're getting better, but offensively, their offense line is as good as anybody. You, you, you run David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Like that's a, no, yeah. it's interesting. I talked to Dan Campbell this summer out of training camp. And I said, you know, it's unusual, coach, that you changed the whole running back room after the running back room was really good. Jamal Williams had 17 rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Swift had a good year. And you blow it out. You bring in David Montgomery and you bring in and you draft Jameer Gibbs. He goes, well, you know, we had to defend David Montgomery while I was here the last two years, and we, we couldn't tackle. And I wanted that kind of a back. And when I saw Jameer Gibbs play at Georgia Tech and Alabama, I'm like, I wanted that kind of speed. Well, after those two backs now, after 10 games, 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns, like they have delivered in, you know, in big ways, exactly his vision. And that's kind of what Dan has. He's got a very strong vision about what his team, how he wants them to play, what he wants them to do, how he wants them to finish, and the toughness he wants them to play with. Whether it's down 12 in the fourth quarter, you find a way to win. Whether you run the ball and control the line of scrimmage. Like, they're very clear about who they want to be. And that's, that's what every team is trying to do. They want to – the coach gives you a vision – can you match that vision of the coach? And Detroit's doing it. I got to tell you, I think that this is going to be – I have a soft spot for the Lions. And I, I think this is going to be like a Lions party, right? Like for years, forever, you've heard it. Why does Detroit – why does the NFL go to Detroit every Thanksgiving? They stink. They always stink. And there's always – you know, the, the Lions always get ripped. I think tomorrow is almost going to be a celebration of Lions football and almost a coronation that the Lions are, are one of the elite teams in the NFC. Well, I've done a lot of games at Ford Field over the years, either at Fox or National Radio, where honestly, you know, I remember the Millen Man March you know, out of Ford Field when Matt Millen was running the team. Uh, I remember one weekend I was doing a game with Brian Billick and Dick Stockton at Fox, like 2008. It was like the 50-year celebration of their last championship team. There's a couple guys still alive. Joe Schmidt was there. Like, I just wanted to go meet Joe Schmidt. Like, that's, that's how awesome. long the drought has been in Detroit. There was games, honestly, where you go – it's half full, and you could talk to the players from the broadcast booth, and nobody. <laughs> it, was, it was just that. Quiet. So it'll be rocking tomorrow. Like the fans are behind it. Every team gets behind winners. They've backed this team. They've had a lot of good days over the last two years. They got a very, very good record over the last twenty games. They were they finished the year eight and two last year. They're eight and two this year. They're sixteen and four over the last twenty games. You know, only the Eagles, I think, are better than them right now. So they—it's not a fluke what they're doing right now. This is this started last year. And listen, I, I think that's a franchise 
and certainly a fan base that deserves it. Finally. Well, let me, so. let me just throw one guy out to watch tomorrow, and it's this Jameson Williams. Yes. he's uh, He was the number one pick, you know, last year. He was coming off an ACL. He got hurt in the national championship game. Or, or what a big touchdown uh, last week. So I saw him a few weeks ago, and I saw him stop and come back to the ball. And I saw him run by somebody, and the ball was underthrown. Like, I haven't seen a buddy. Maybe, maybe Tyreek Hill can run that fast. I nicknamed him the, uh, the Motown Comet. Like, he, he's, a, he's a Comet. He's so fast. And, you know, people are like, yeah, he's got the you Motown know, Comet. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this guy, now he caught a pass last week. This guy is like blinding speed, just blinding. Now, I don't know. Like, he's, yeah, he's got drops. And maybe he's a maybe he is a one trick pony, but he fits in with what they're doing. Like you have to respect the speed. So just a guy to look out. He wears number nine. Just a guy to, to look at tomorrow when you're watching the game. Jameson Williams. Yeah, I listen, I'm with you. I mean, obviously everybody's looking at St. Brown with a you know break Well, the rookie tight end, Sam Laporte, is the real deal. Yeah. Like this kid is tight phenomenal. End. Yeah. Phenomenal tight end. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Jameson Williams because I, I like him a lot coming out of college, coming out of Alabama. I thought he was Deshaun Jackson in a lot of ways, that he had that kind of speed. Uh, so I'm with you. I mean, I, I think it's going to be uh, a fun coming out party for the Lions. And then, of course, we go to Dallas, your old stomping grounds. Now the Cowboys, this is like such a perfect opponent for the Cowboys. It's Washington, who always kinds of plays them tough. But – you know, this year, the Cowboys just destroy inferior opponents. Washington coming off the loss against Tommy DeVito and the Giants last week. Can they rebound and play the Cowboys tough? I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't. I don't either. Um, Tommy DeVito, like, look, he had a Don Bosco prep in Jersey. He's a Jersey guy, you know, um, Syracuse, whatnot. But, I mean, he, he had the best giant quarterback performance I've seen all year. Not even like – I don't – like, I know the second half, you know, Daniel Jones had a good second half against Arizona. But it was it was a magnificent performance. He played great. Saquon played great. Got the ball to all the wide receivers. Um, it was phenomenal. And you're like, how does this happen? Like – but it was Washington. They played a ton of man coverage. They get they all got beat. Like Dallas, I don't think Dallas is gonna wait around. I think Dallas is gonna like put step on the gas pedal. And I I'd be surprised if this game is close in the second half. They may take a quarter to kind of get into rhythm. But <clears throat> you play man coverage against CD Lamb is gonna destroy you. I mean, he's just he's having an unbelievable season. And like he'll he'll just cut you up. I like can't like at least Carolina last week played a lot of zone, kind of took him away a lot the way that they bracket. But other guys had a big game. So like I think that that offense looks like it's in good rhythm right now. The offense line's playing great, and defensively they want to get their numbers. Like Micah got two and a half last week. He wants to get his. Deron Bland's got six interceptions. He's going to be gambling for a seventh. He's got four pick sixes. Like these guys are. Like, they're, they're going to go pad their stats in this game. Now, I feel like that's, you know, you can't play for your stats, but they know if they get rolling that they could, all of them could get their stats. Yeah, and the problem, too, is, like, you know, Washington moves on 
right, from the defensive line, two big piece, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. So, you know, they, they struggled putting any kind of pressure on Tommy DeVito last week. And look, do you give Dak time? I mean, he will. He'll carve you up, like, you know, drumstick, thigh, whatever you want. He will carve you up. And Dallas is that kind of front-running team. So I'm kind of with you. I, I think they're going to put up a big number tomorrow. Well, that's been their, you know, that's that's been their MO all year. You know, the, the teams from New York, Jets, Giants, um, you know, just add the, the Panthers last week. Like, this is how this is how they, you know, Dak will probably be in the MVP conversation here real soon with another big game on national TV. And so look, I mean, there's they're a good football team. Are they in San Francisco and Philadelphia's category right now? They're trying to get there. All right. So now, like you said, the nighttime. I love the fact that there is a third game. Used to be when growing up, it was Mississippi, Mississippi State. I think yeah. they're still playing, but uh, we got NFL and we got a great game. This, another division battle. So we have the NFC North, the NFC East, and the NFC West. Seattle, San Francisco. First, Baldy, what, what are we seeing from the Seahawks? Because right now, Seattle is, is in a funk, man. Well, look, all you had to do last week, Jason Peters started at right tackle. I mean, he's 40 years old, cuz. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jason Peters isn't finishing any game. So he comes out of the game. Stone Forsyth comes in. So that's that. Kenneth Walker, who this whole offense is built around, is literally he, – he you know, pulled up on a bad back on a tackle, and he went out of the game. And so then, look, Zach Charbonnet comes in. You know, they got – uh, this kid Macintosh, you know, like they, they got rookie backs. Um, Gino went out. He went out with a, a, something wrong with his elbow. Did come back in the game. Um, defensively, they got a lot of like Devin Witherspoon's a stud. Um, Boye Mafe's playing good. Like they're playing good. They're not shut down good right now. And so offensively, They've really, they've really just been sort of – they can put drives together, but they're not very consistent. And Geno's turned the ball over a lot more than he did last year. Drew Locke came in through an interception right away. Um, you know, so I think they need better quarterback play. But D.K. Metcalf can single-handedly keep you in a game. Like, that guy is just a freak. You know, I don't care who's covering him. He can get over the top of him. He can get behind him. He can take a five-yard stop and take it to the house. Like, he's – He's just a man-child out there. And Tyler Lockett is the perfect complement. So they, they've got pieces. Um, but San Francisco's rolling right now. Yeah, yeah, they are. San Francisco's rolling. They lost, they lost uh, Talanoa Hofanga last week, which is a horrible loss. He's, he's a great, great player. Um, safety for him. Uh, Pro Bowl player a year ago. But this kid, Jair Brown from Penn State, came in. Played great. I think he's going to be a great player in this league. I, I love to come out of Penn State. He made some big plays last week against Tampa. I think he's going to fit right in. I think their defensive front woke up two weeks ago. And if they play to their building, Geno's got to hold the ball at all. If he's got to hold the ball till you count to three, they're going to they're going to hit Geno a lot if they if he has to do that. So can 
listen, it's a tough place to play. Seattle, can you can home field the little Thanksgiving night? Well, I mean, if you go to the playoff game, last time they played was in a playoff divisional playoff game last year. And, you know, they Geno Smith. Well, Geno Smith is taking them down. It's 23-17 late in the third quarter. And Geno Smith is driving them right down the field. And if they score, they take the lead. And, you know, Charles Amanda, who came down around us on a stunt and knocked the ball out of Geno's hands, and Nick Bosa recovered, and San Francisco put him away in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, that game was nip and tuck. Yeah, they can play, and they play in two more weeks in San Francisco. So, look, San Francisco 7-3, Seattle 6-4. Six and, six and four. I mean, Seattle could be tied for first place if they find a way to win this game. All right. That brings us to Black Friday, which is like the NFL's genius. It, 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 it's just a genius league because yeah. you look at, and I, I love this weekend in college football because mm-hmm. you have all the rivalries, right? This is historically Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan. Yeah, the whole thing. But if you look at the, the slate tomorrow and you look at the games, there is a bit of a hole. And it comes perfect at 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, where we got Black Friday. We have NFL football for the first time. And, I, you know, I'm watching. You're watching. Dolphins and Jets, as much as I don't want to see Zach Wilson play quarterback, I'm watching. Yeah, well, you don't have to worry about watching Zach. Tim Boyle is going to start for the Jets. Yep. Zach Wilson is the third quarterback. You could watch Trevor Simeon, maybe. Yes. Um, yes. You know, the Jets, they got to, I remember last year, they got to seven, they beat the Bears, they got to seven and four. They were right in the playoff hunt. Defense playing great. Um, Zach Wilson was, was doing enough. And then they lost six in a row. They benched Zach last year. He went to number three last year. Um, Mike White came in. He got hurt. I mean, they, they played four quarterbacks. Joe Flacco came back. Yeah. You know, it was just all. Yeah. All six in a row. Well, they're on that losing streak right now. And they played Buffalo tough defensively for about almost three quarters. And then they just collapsed. So I think the defense can play well. I think they can, you know, they'll get a little lift from the home crowd, all that kind of stuff. If this offense goes out and three and out and they turn the ball over. This thing could fall apart real fast, Cuz. And the fans will turn on them. Because they're, they're just, it's, it's like in the New York Post today, they had um, all the failed quarterbacks <laughs> that have come through there since Joe Willie Namath. <laughs> and they ranked them one through 50. Cuz it's, it's uh, unbelievable. One uh, through 50. They, they ranked 50 quarterbacks since Joe Willie stepped aside. So where did Sanchez? Was, number was Mark Sanchez? Uh, he was up there, believe it or not. Yeah, he was up like number five. Yeah. You know, like after that. Kenny but, O'Brien. Uh, Kenny O'Brien was number one. Yeah. Kenny O'Brien was actually number one. He actually took him to the playoffs twice. You know, Vinny Testaverde was up there for yes. what he had with Parcells. Broomer Siasen really wasn't very high. He didn't play real well there. But, you know, Steve O'Donnell, you know, Neil O'Donnell, I'm sorry, Neil O'Donnell. I mean, just Chad Pennington. You go through the list, right? So, a lot of bad, anyways. A lot of rag arms of that list. Yeah. I yeah. saw, I remember the Testaverde run, too, because 
I covered, it was, how about AFC title game, mile high. Yeah. Terrell Davis runs for like 230 against the Jets. It was Curtis Martin. It was, what a day. What a a game that was. Yeah. That was, that was Parcells. And um, I think the next year, Vinny tore his Achilles, like the next, the first game. Yeah. It it all fell apart. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, let's just like Miami right now, the the head coach hit me up the other day because I said that it's like the Jalen and Jalen show, like Jalen Phillips and Jalen Ramsey. Like I said that the Miami Dolphins have a chance by the end of the season to be the best defensive football. And they're getting there. Like Jalen Phillips was banged up early, missed time. Jalen Ramsey was hurt early. Xavier Howard got hurt. Javon Holland had a concussion, was out. But they're healthy right now. And they – and Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator, like he's led this league in takeaways on two different occasions. When he was a defense coordinator in Chicago and a defense coordinator in San Francisco, he led the league in takeaways. And they're starting to come now. Um, Jalen Phillips had an interception last year. Ramsey, uh, last week, Ramsey had two. Like I think this defense has a chance to really be special. And if the offense – can explode a little bit and they play with the lead. Like they're going to, this stretch run is going to, the Miami Dolphins going to win the division and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. That's what I believe. Right, so let me ask you though about their offense a little bit because it's lacked a little of the explosion that it had early on. It scored only 17 points against the Eagles in a yep. Sunday night loss. It rebounds, you bounce back with 31 against New England. You only score 14 against Miami in the loss in Germany, and then you only scored 20 against the Raiders last week. Yeah. No, look, look it's not, it's not, you know, it's not what they did to Denver, that's for sure. Um, you know, they still, because of that 70-point score, I mean, this, the, all the stats are skewered. Like, they're still the number one scoring offense because they scored 10 touchdowns in one game. Um I, th- I think they, you know, they need to get a chain back. He made a difference. Him and Mostert, one-two punch. They, they, they keep losing linemen, so they played without two starting linemen last week. Yeah. If they, when they run the ball well, everything else, Jalen Waddle and everything else, and Tyreek, like they get that thing going. But they got to get back to running the ball the way they did early in the year, and, I, and, and a chain was a big part of that. Do they miss? I mean, do they miss a tight end? You got Gusecki, they, but, you know. No, they have this kid, Durham Spike, but they don't throw the tight ends. I know. They throw I, the well, they that's throw what the I They never throw the tight ends. Do they need Do they need more? Because the middle of the field, you know, when you got those two guys on the outside, the middle of the field is just wide open. Well, they had Mike Gusecki, and, you know, he's showing what he is in New England. Like, he's just – he can't block, and no. he's not tough, and – you know, he really can't – he doesn't really run good routes. Um, I think where they miss a tight end, because honestly, is in the red zone. Yeah. And when you – sometimes it's good just to have a big target, you know, to throw it up to. You can defend five foot nine receivers, you know, at the eight-yard line. It's, Correct. It's a little bit tougher for those guys. I mean, you you know, you yeah, saw Tyreek Hill, as tough as he is, you're right. Like, when the field shrinks, yeah. you know, 
That's when you lose. That's a little, a little tougher. A little tougher to score. And that, that's been part of their issue. Last week, you know, you just saw Tyreek run the streak across the field. Mm-hmm. He just outran the whole Raider defense. Um, so they 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 need, you know, they're better scoring. They're better off scoring from long ways. And usually, their running backs are really good. You know, if you just look at them. Yeah, you got Mostert out of the backfield. He's he's dangerous. But I just think you, that offense misses a scene throw. I just you know. I think yeah. if you added a a really strong like I would I'd love to draft a tight end by Miami and you add a, you add a, a a scene throw to that offense it's almost unstoppable. Yeah, I don't like Derm Smythe is their starting tight end. He's got 17 catches. Yeah, he doesn't have a touchdown. Yeah, you know he's not a, he's not a red zone threat, but no. you know they run. They, you know the two backs, a chain and Mostert, they run for 16 touchdowns. Yeah, you know they 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 they're better off running the ball in the red zone. They are throwing, so that's part of their issue. Let me just see. We see where they're at, red zone offense. I'm kind of curious about that, uh, just where they stack up. Um, yeah, it just it just stands out. I, when I look at their offense and I I kind of chart it and balance and you watch it, I just think they that's one element that it it could use to become that you know dominant. You know, can't stop your offense. They are the number one, as I say, they're the number one red zone offense in football. You know, but they they run the ball down there really, really well. So they've got they've scored they've scored twenty five touchdowns in the red zone this year. Well, let's see if they get on track against a good Jets defense uh, on Black Friday. So we'll be watching yeah. Black Friday football. All right, let's get a couple some newsy stuff. Uh, before we get to Baldy's meats, and it's no beef this week, it's turkey legs, and of All course, right. uh, our quarterbacks, because I always heart quarterbacks. Uh, but let's talk about what's going on in Pittsburgh, where Matt Canada gets relieved of his duties. We touched on it earlier in the week. Uh, look, that offense is a mess, right? Deontay John, Deontay Johnson was talking about how uh, he and Pickett aren't on the same page communication-wise sometimes. The play-calling fans have been upset. So Mike Sullivan will take over the play-calling in Pittsburgh. They got Cincinnati on Sunday. So how do you think – what's the first move for you uh, as far as getting this Steeler offense on track? Well, they have run the ball. Well, I would would probably make the switch to Jalen Warren as my starting back. He's just – better he's just he's just quicker breaks more tackles he's a better receiver than Najee and I'm not knocking Najee there's a place for him there's a place for two backs I, I might make Jalen my starting back um he's on an unbelievable tear over the last three weeks uh I, I might do that then they've got Friar Muth coming back they have Darnell Washington I might play some two tight ends just to kind of secure the line of scrimmage, protection, running the football, because they've been running it pretty good. And I'd probably go a lot more play action to push the ball down the field more than they do. Less shotgun, more under center, more play action if the running back, if the running game kind of takes off, where you can get Pickett and Deontay on combination routes, speedo-type routes down the field. Like, I might look at that more than I see Kenny Pickett just in shotgun, you know, and all these – you know, just, just, you know, the West Coast passing tree, stick routes and flat routes. And, like, I, I want to try to push the ball down the field with bigger chunks 
That's what they can't get right now. They're not getting chunk plays. And Deontay's right. I mean, I saw it last week. Third downs, he's running a go route. Pickett's throwing a stop. Like, how's that happening in week 11? So I, I, I get the, the mechanics and the timing down on these routes and what they're running and what they're going up against, um, you know, this weekend. Cincinnati's going to be hungry to get back into the race. Um, obviously, you know, there's no Joe Burrow. So, you know, how are they going to cobble their offense together right now and how are they going to be able to handle that? Uh, it's it's going to be really tricky. They're going to, you know, Pittsburgh just went up against a rookie quarterback last week. They got beat. They gave up a final drive. Like, I can't see this team doing that to Jake Browning this week, two weeks in a row. Like, I, I can't I, – I don't even know how you would stomach that to be in, in, uh, in Pittsburgh and let that happen. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see a little more George Pickens. Explosive. You know, I, I, that's a guy I think I'd like to see incorporate more in the offense. Sometimes they just go away. Well, from he, look, he, he, he's a – you know, I, I think everybody sees the talent in Pickens. Everybody can see it. His acrobatic catches. Um, he's got freaky athletic ability. I do think he's got to grow up a lot. There's, a, there's something about, okay, you're the number one guy. You're the go-to guy. Well, all right, sometimes you got to act like it. Like, act like this is what I do every day. Like, not because you caught one great catch on the sideline. Like, this celebration's got to go on. I don't have any problem with receiver celebrating. I, sometimes it just – like, remember a couple weeks ago – He didn't he drag this, the foot. He didn't drag the toe. And he's celebrating. Like, yep. like it's, you know it, – You got to drag and you go, So, I'm just saying, like, you got to detail your business. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. Freaking put your toe in the ground. Like, make the catch before you start all that kind of no, stuff. Like, listen, you're right. There's a maturity there yep. that, you know, has to kind of kick in. Yep. No, I listen, I agree with you. That said, I'd like to see just a little bit more of them. I just think it'll help it'll help their offense. And I do agree with you. Uh, I mean, Warren, to me, I used the comp from last year, Pollard and Zeke. Like, watching Warren and Najee, like – Warren is Pollard from last year with the Cowboys. Well, he's he's uh, you know I fell in love with the kid last year. He was a he's a free agent at Oklahoma State, and I saw him in training camp. In fact, Andy Wido, my buddy, invited me to training camp. He's like this full padded practice. Come tell me what you think. So it wasn't like I mean it was full live practice cause I mean, it was, we're in Latrobe, Tomlin sees me, you know, throws me to, you know, I could basically do whatever I want to do, go wherever I want to go. And, um, I tell Wido, I'm like, who's this Jalen Warren? Because, you know, it was Najee and they had some other backs there that year, but it, like Warren, first of all, his calves are humongous and he's just built compact, but his just his cutting ability and his hands just jumped out at me. And then you watched him in blitz pickup early on, just stoning guys. As, as good a run blocking pass protector as I've seen, uh, a pass protector as I've seen a running back, period. Um, and then, like in preseason, he, he took a, you know, a pitch and he went 75 yards and everybody's, ah, it's just preseason. I go, it is, but he has, he, he's got that kind of speed. And then um, he did it last week, went 74 yards for a touchdown. And the only touchdown of the day. And so 
He, he just breaks more tackles. He spins on contact. Uh, he's got amazing balance, and he's a great receiver. I don't know. like, And when things aren't like always measure great backs by if they make yards when there's nothing there. And he does that a lot more than the other guy. Yeah, no, I – You know, but, but even Tomlin last week before the game said we need more from Pickett. Yeah. And they need more from yeah. him. Like, I saw him week one against San Francisco. Like, he wasn't hitting the broad side of the barn. Yeah. Like, he just wasn't accurate. Yeah. He's completing 60% of his passes. Yeah. Like, he's at, at six yards an attempt. It's just not good enough. Nah. Nah, not in this league. Not at all. All right. I got a nugget for you, Baldy. Yeah. And this is – well, since we're talking about the Chiefs, it's a nugget from Chiefs-Eagles Monday night. I'll channel my inner Andy Reid – and called a nuggy. Remember that okay. commercial? Yeah. <laughs> because he wants some of the nuggies. So here's my nuggy, Baldy. The big play to Devontae Smith yeah. is interesting because Justin Reed comes out late. So Mike Edwards, they want to go with another deep, another corner, right? So Mike Edwards comes on the field late. He misses the call, so he's not in the deep half, and that's why he was so far behind on the deep ball to Devontae Smith that turns out the game-winning touchdown was set up, and all because it was a late sub. Yeah, so the other safety, Brian Cook, was on the other side of the field where he belonged. He was on the deep half. The Eagles came out in a two-by-two set. They had A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith um, down, and Legereus Sneed, the one corner, was there. The, the Chiefs blitzed on the play. So they bracketed. So the route combination was a stop route by A.J. Brown at five yards and a spray fade on the inside receiver by Devontae Smith. So on that play, which is a very common route combination. Yeah. So – Actually, um, Jalen changed the play once he saw Edwards up close and he wasn't in the deep path. And so he changed the play. So this is the cat and mouse. Edwards is on late for Justin Reed. He's up close and they're going to bracket and double A.J. Brown with Drew Tranquil, the inside linebacker, and and uh, Legereus Sneed. And when um, Devontae runs the fade, from the slot position, Edwards gets behind him. He's too close. And Devontae steps on his toes and stacks him. And if he was in the deeper half, the way Spags is saying it, that's where he should have been, maybe they wouldn't even have thrown that ball. But if they did, he'd be in a better position to defend it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Just those little kind of the game within the game. And, you know, that play turned out to be set up the game when he touched down. And, you know, it's a shame because, look, I, I think the Chiefs defense played fantastic. I mean, the KC defense, the Eagles offense is legit, just nasty. And to, help, to hold them to 21 points is a feat in itself. Yeah, no doubt. And to keep A.J. Brown basically almost off the stat page yeah. after the year that he'd been having, um, to limit the number of runs and yards by Jalen, Although, you know, obviously he ran for the 10-yard touchdown run and the, and the tush push for, you know, two touchdown runs. But, you know, not to have the explosive runs that he's given, that they've given up to him in the past. 
I mean, obviously, they defended that team a whole lot better than they did in the Super Bowl. And so you'd think that, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, that if you hold a team to 21 points, you should win the game. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, brings us to our two favorite segments of the week. Uh, it is the Baldy's Three Meats. We love, you remember, this is the meat locker. And so we each week we give uh, – uh, a special love to our three meets, the three toughest performances. Let's get it going. Meet number three, Baldy. And let's use Andrew, our man, Andrew Frazier, our great producer, is going turkey legs instead of the beef for Thanksgiving. So give me your, your third turkey leg. I'm going to give it to Wyatt Teller, the right guard from the Cleveland Browns. In that game, Cleveland wins the game. They got a rookie quarterback. And Wyatt Teller, I, I think the interior three of Cleveland, Joel Petonio, Ethan Posick, and Wyatt Teller, they're about as talented and uh, a, a united group as there is on the interior in this whole, in this whole business. Um, but in that game, Cleveland, which is, this is highly unusual, they rotated right tackles. So James Hudson would start and play first down and some second downs, and the rookie, Dewan Jones, would come in and play third downs and passing downs. And he would come in and have to go up against T.J. Watt. He pitched a no-hitter against T.J. Watt. So I was going to give it to Dewan because I love him for doing that to T.J., but Wyatt Teller's got to play against next to two right tackles. He's got a rookie quarterback. They take the, you know, it's 10-10. They take the game-winning drive down the field. He's a big part of it. They're running behind him, protecting. They, they, they pass the stump. Like, it was a great day for the offensive line, and, and I thought Wyatt Teller had a great game. I, I, I think uh, the world of him as a player, um, a Bill Callahan, you know, disciple, a fine. He's a, he's a Pro Bowl player and played at that level, and that, was a, that really helped the rookie quarterback, protecting him and giving him that kind of confidence. It's a great name, too. Wyatt Teller. Like, yeah. that's a meat name. Yeah, I agree. All right, meat number two of the week. Well, I'm going off the grid, but the guy was so perfect that I, I, I can't overlook it, and that's Brock Purdy. Like, wow. We're going quarterback. Yeah, because... QB me. Yeah, QB me. Because, you know, I had a chance to talk to him before the game, and here's a guy that is as relaxed before a game as any quarterback I've talked to this year. Yeah. But he goes out and he pitches a, a 158.3 quarterback rating. Perfect game. Um, doesn't make a mistake the whole game. And you, you find out, you know, afterwards, I didn't know during the game, but afterwards, the last San Francisco quarterback to have a perfect quarterback rating was Joe Montana in 1989. So you go that, you go 20, whatever that is, 24 years, um, 34 years without a quarterback rating, a perfect quarterback rating in that franchise. And this guy does it against an experienced Tampa defense. Like, I got to give Brock Purdy the meat. You know? Look at that. I, I, I love it. it. I love it. And you know what? It's, it's funny because we're going to do Cuz Loves Quarterbacks and where you and I go through the quarterbacks. So I do not have Purdy as the three uh, performances this week. Of course, he should. because yeah. so I love the fact that 
you gave him the meat. So he does because yeah. he deserves some sort of accolades. All right. The top meat of the week is. I think it's Panay Sewell. I was going between Panay Sewell or Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Because Kelsey played a great game. Yeah. On Monday night. Kelsey, you can get him uh, every week. He's you can give to, but you, but this potential, like Detroit was down 12 in the fourth quarter. They ran the ball. You know, Dave Montgomery had a good game. Like they, you know, they won that game. Now you can say Chicago, you know, you got a 12 point lead six minutes ago. Well, you know, Penesul is just, he's just special up front. And uh, that Detroit off, you give it to the whole offensive line because Ragnow and Decker and the whole group. Jonah Jackson, they all play great, but I'm going to give it to Panay Sewell. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was, I thought, you know, last week he deserved some special recognition. And well, you know, you're like this, this comeback win though was pretty special for Detroit. It was 16th win the last 20 games, and you know he started every one of those games, you know, at right tackle. So um, he's always a fun guy to watch in the film room. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So there you have it, Baldy's three meets. Let's go quarterbacks, Baldy. Let's talk quarterbacks. I'm going to give you number three, and I I got to give you Patrick Mahomes, and here's why. It's a nasty night, right? Wet ball, conditions weren't great, and he played his ass off, and you would not know it. He yeah. made one throw that I thought was not himself, and that was the interception in the end zone. Other than that, he got bit by drops. Yeah. I mean, can you put a ball perfectly thrown to Valdez Scantling? For It's a touchdown, Baldy. He drops it. Travis Kelsey played one of his worst games as a pro. Yeah. He dropped three, two balls. And then even yeah. on the fourth and 25, he puts the money, puts the ball on the it. money. Oh, it's amazing. And Justin Watson drops it. And he, well, I can say he had the, the throw, three bro, drops. The throw, you, you know, you got it. You got it. You got it. I mean, I know Slay's coming over his shoulder, but that ball has to be caught. It, the, the throw, they get, he gave him a chance all the way to fourth and 25. Like, no, I, I agree. I, I thought he played, you know, he needs help. He can't throw it and catch it himself. You know, um, the memes that are out there, for the Kansas City, you know, wide receiving core, it ain't. It is not kind right now. No, no, it's not. It's it's not, and it's a shame because Mahomes deserves it. All right, number two quarterback performance goes to that Tommy DeVito, okay. and here's why. Listen, Paulie, he throws for three touchdowns. He, you said it earlier, the best quarterback performance by a giant this season includes Daniel Jones. Everybody mocked him going into the last week. Danny DeVito, all this other nonsense. He stays and lives at home, the whole thing. All the ethnic shot, pot shots. Tommy <laughs> DeVito played his ass off last week. He deserves some hearts. No, I think that's a good choice. I mean, he was, like, you know, they, they have been, like, the offense line's been awful all year. They played better, but, you know, it wasn't just because he had time. Like, he made great throws, great decisions. The touchdown to Saquon was an absolute dime. Like, he, he was impressive. He was just impressive. And the top quarterback, I, I think we both would agree, first game back for Justin Fields, 
And, oh. you know, if not for the Bears defense, he goes in Detroit and slays that team. That was a great performance. He rushes for over 100 yards, 104 yards. He made the right throws. I mean, he was accurate. He commanded the field, put up a ton of points against a good defense. He deserves, to me, to be the quarterback of the week. Even at the end, when they were trying to come back and win in the final minute, I mean, he threw a perfect pass to a rookie receiver, and, you know, he didn't come up with a catch. Um, he saw the field really well. He went through progressions. Like, that was an advanced – that was an advanced Justin Fields playing that game. After, you know, after being out for the last, what, five or six weeks, to be able to come off like that, like, he was dialed in, and he, he played he, – he, he, was, he was the best player on the field last week. Yeah, he was. All right, well, you'll be the best player tomorrow analyzing the game. So, have a happy Thanksgiving, my brother. Yes, all right, try to mix in some turkey with all your football tomorrow. I'm going to mix in a little bit. I'm going to enjoy the day. Believe me. I'm going to enjoy the day. At the end, though, we could go deep into the night. You know, when, when the final game ends, we, we might have to have a little post-day celebration. I love it. Listen, for Baldy, I'm Cuz. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the football. Y'all silly like the mayor. 